I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome along. It's like technical hitch there at the start, but you never know. We got there in the end. I had a stupid overlay on, but welcome along. It is Monday. Today has been a little bit of a rush, but we got there in the end. Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwin, and Lee Boyce, and we've got a busy couple of hours ahead, gentlemen. I think it's fair to say a lot has happened in the last seven days. And that's just on Twitter. Hello, everybody. Twitter has been a little bit jazzy over the weekend. I'm not going to lie. And for one, we weren't involved. We just sat back and watched. I'm never involved. Yeah, it was a little jazzy, wasn't it? But all good. Fun. Um, welcome along, everyone in the chat room. All the usuals in, as always, nice and early. Adrian, Malachi, Kieran, Craig, how are we doing? Um, Andrew, as always, Adam, Owen. I tell you what, it's rammed already. Again, I want to thank you all. Record numbers again last week, boys. 63 shows in. What is going on? No pressure, indeed. Yeah, absolutely none whatsoever. Afternoon, Aaron. Hope you are good. Charlie is in. I was fleeting visit to his neck of the woods the other day. Uh, it's all, it's all good. Jeff. Just sat now. Um, so you're in the northeast, or is that just what he thinks he is? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm starting off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's all good. But welcome along, everyone. Next few hours, talking everything darts and plenty to go about. I'd just like to say, boys, I'm on a I'm on a good run of former predictions right now, eh? Oh, friend. 
Uh, You're the only one that ever keeps track of predictions when you win. Very yeah, true. Very true. Story. What have I told you? <laughs> oh, it's not very nice, Charlie. <laughs> um, Team Joker are in the house. Maisie is in as always. Um, that's all good, boys. I suppose we'll start at the beginning, but I'm not going to lie. Brighton seems a Bring long, long time ago right now. Oh, Christ, Premier League. I've just got Women's Series and Euro Tour open. In Premier League. <laughs> um, yeah, Brighton seems an awful long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it just, does a bit. It's been a busy weekend. A very busy weekend for you two, but a very busy weekend just say, from a you viewing start perspective. With a from busy a... weekend, not seen or heard from you once. Yeah, I said you. I was helping you with pronunciations on Saturday. Yeah, not too good help you. Oh. I don't know who's worse, you or Phil as well. He absolutely butchered a couple on oh, Sunday. 100%. After we'd already spent a day with them as well. <laughs> yeah, he resigned himself to referring to players as the partner of other male players. Oh, yeah, but Barbara was Mrs. Barry for the weekend. <laughs> um, but we'll, 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 we'll come on to that. First of all, back to Brighton. And the news broke around 4, 4.30-ish that the world number two, Gerwin Price, withdrew due to injury caused... A little bit of a stir, boys. I think it's fair to say. Evening, um, Henry. Hope you are good. Um, yeah, it caused a stir. It did. And the thing is, he still hasn't really put this stir to bed. And look, what Gerwin Price gets up to when he's at home or whatever else is completely up to Gerwin Price. But when you've publicly told everybody you're going to do a charity boxing match, then you arrive during what we're constantly told that the players view as one of the biggest darts tournaments on the calendar with a bad hand injury, which he sent an update on today as well. Don't even get me started on that bit. And then say it was an accident, but don't actually say what said accident was. All anybody's going to do is go, well, it was a boxing injury, wasn't it, you idiot? <laughs> Are you talking about the um, sunnier climbs that those pictures were posted from? Yes. Look, look, if he's injured, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I can't fault going away, but it's just the circumstances of getting injured, then pulling out to events and then going, oh, I'm going to broadcast everybody I've gone to Tenerife instead. Look, go away, but keep it under wraps a bit. Not everybody needs to be able to see that you've buggered off to Tenerife because you're injured. I'm, I'm not that fussed to the ass. If he's, if he's not playing, why not? I'm just not sure it sends the right message, the right look. Oh no, but just as he can't play, doesn't mean he has to sit at home and or hide away. He can't play. The, the issue the issue is there is the injury and where the injuries come from more more than me than in being sat in sat on a beach or around a pool somewhere. The the like injury and the... Are heavy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so, no way he's gone and be doodly as well. Also, he's definitely not gonna be fit for Thursday, is he? 
when you're posting an update going getting better and your hand is nearly the same size as a tennis ball still, that is not coming down in three days in time to play Marco Van Gerwen at the Motor Point Arena or not. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to that shortly, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think there are concerns in general over this week's Premier League, shall we say. And Jamie, yeah, look, absolutely. It did hamper Joe Cullen because he was already at the venue when he was told that he wouldn't be playing in the opening round. So it was a long, long, long wait for Joe Cullen. But we'll, we'll come on to that. First of all, the opening game of the evening. I'm not going to lie. For one Scotsman, was an awfully, 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 and I'm not overemphasizing this, hard watch. I know that most people love Gary Anderson, but right now I'm genuinely concerned. I said it last week, and after what I saw, I'm even more so now, Boise. Yeah. Um, I think when when the, the Premier League was announced and it was the eight players, there was a lot of when it was who they was and how they were picked, the one that was sort of the standout was Darry Anderson and we all sort of expected him to be in that eight. But then when this Premier League started, we was expecting a bit of a good run, a lot of darts coming up, a lot of Pro Tours, UK Open. Um, and from that, normally, a lot of darts being played means we'll see an improved Darry Anderson. What we saw on Thursday is very, very worrying. And obviously not having a Euro Tour um, to, to then try and help over the weekend, does he opt out of those then struggles? And I am really worried that we spoke about this Premier League being a at least you can take each week as it comes, but there is still a lead table there. And if you are then sitting at the bottom of it, I'm not sure how a bit of a week it comes because you've then got to go and win every single week. And it took Peter out a bit for Darry Anderson. I'm concerned more than just the Premier League about the rest of the season for him because it could turn into a bit of a struggle unless something changes and we all know he's, he's not fell the same as some other players that we talked about and it's not for bad form of 12, 18 months, going on for two years, any of them sort of question marks. It's just the moment he's in, he needs something to change very, very quickly um, and I worry already looking in advance of his, his feature on Thursday that it could be another struggle for him. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, then in game number two, there was almost daylight robbery committed on the south coast. I'm still not quite sure God, how Johnny Clayton won this game. Timing. Finishing and timing. But I'm 100% in your camp as well. I thought he was doomed to failure in, in this match. It's not been the swashbuckling Johnny Clayton that we have seen over the last few months last 18 months shall we say this is his first real bit of a dip and look he's still top eight caliber but he's not quite dominating and picking up those wins and running away with games from the front and staying in those scrappy battles those, those losses are starting to stack up just a little more frequently perhaps this is a format that isn't suiting johnny clayton as much as it's potentially suiting the likes of michael van Gerwen. We'll come on to him shortly. Um, MVG was pushed in his first one. Missed, was it eight match starts to get the job done? 6 4. And I'm not going to lie, we all thought it when he missed them all. James Wade checks out and goes 5 all. You can just see James doing a 12 dart leg on against the darts to, to win it, but it, it didn't happen. And, and Michael Van Gerwen got through a tough examination, Boise. 
Yeah, and Wade will be disappointed because those are then sort of the situations that Wade normally finds himself in and normally finds himself successful when he's put in those situations. Um, so when MVG was missing those, um, he would have certainly seen it as an opportunity. Um, Wade's been playing very well at the moment, so we'll be disappointed. But MVG takes a lot of confidence from those. That was the the chance. We speak about it before. There's a chance to knock someone out if you didn't him early. Um, and that sort of then shown on Thursday night because Wade wasn't able to do him in that last leg um, and then inspired MVG for the to move on to his next day. Yeah, absolutely. And in that next game on the thing, Joe Cullen, the scorebook, will say he won 6-0. Does get his leg difference no good whatsoever. There was plenty of chit-chat around on, on social media. God, does it, does it need to be 6-0? Was a win just enough? But look, they're the rules and that they were set out at the start of the tournament. They might rear their head again this weekend, which makes things or Thursday, which makes things even more difficult. Um, but yeah, look, no, no, Gaz just stated the six now is what's in the rules. Be interesting if leg difference is the difference at the end of week sixteen. Oh, if it is, we'll know all about it. Don't worry about that. Then semi-finals. Um, Michael Smith, comfortable over Johnny Clayton. Both of them struggled on the outer ring, Boise, but Bully Boy blitzed Johnny Clayton in the end. Yeah, it was a, it was a big week for Michael Smith just to see where he was after the um, disappointment of the Utah Open. Obviously, positive then to the final, but disappointment of then losing that to Noppy. So it was, a, it was a big week for him. And getting through the Darry Anderson tie was probably expected just to form that Darry Anderson's in, but then to ease past Johnny Clayton as well um, was a really, really uh, good week for Michael Smith in the Premier League, so to get into that final. Um, but Johnny Clayton just couldn't find another day which he needed after we saw his winner then to Peter Wright. But fair play to Bully Boy for getting through to the night five final, TV final, another TV final, shall we say? Yeah. And then the last semi-final at MVG got blitzed his way past Joe Cullen. That you felt for Cullen because he just was so cold coming coming in there. MVG's already played once, and look, it's tough enough to beat Michael at the best of times, let alone when he's got a game under his belt. Yeah, and and when you think you're going to have played your first game, what 45 minutes before that as well, so you the players will know their routines. They'll have a prep time. The only tournament they ever really don't understand that is at the UK when they turn up at. Premier League when they turn up at match play, World Championships, etc. They know roughly what time they're going to be on within half an hour margin. They know what time to arrive. They know what time to start getting ready. And obviously, Joe Cullen wasn't able to put that in place. He found out pretty late as well. Yeah, oh, completely. Um, so, we had a final. Michael versus Michael. And MBG went back to back, gentlemen first player to do it we will let's be fair when it all we knew about this new format we all thought it'd be Gazi, peter or johnny but the green machine came through and is our first back-to-back winner of premier league nights yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's not many who would have predicted him uh not last week the week before and then to see him then go back to back and win them like he said he wouldn't have been the 
the first name on people's lips, which if in MVG's mind he would be. MVG will fancy himself to that one and, and do it then. Um, but very, very impressive. Not as impressive as he won it the week before, only dropping three. But then, oh, there's part of it, and say he had that disappointing 10th leather, then James Wade got over the line in that one. Um, so for him, it might actually be looked as, as a, a better win than the first one. Um, but results-wise, doesn't look that way. But fair play to MVG. And with the injuries, I know we've spoke about Derwin Price, uh, with the injuries to a couple of those big boys, I'm sure he'll fancy himself to pick up a, a few more over the coming weeks. Well, I'm not going to lie. The way the draw bracket works, I'm going for a hat-trick, but we'll come on to that <laughs> later, later on. Um that was his route to the final. And again, we kind of forget this. There is still a league table. That's worrying. And in the, Very worrying and in the Premier answer. League, normal service is resumed. Michael Van Gerwen is top of a Premier League table, Gob. Yes, all right. <laughs> 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 no, look. <laughs> It's great to see Michael back. It's been a long time coming. He was on his way down a long time ago. He managed to cling on a little bit. And then the dip has been a lot lower, I think, than what people expected to be. Or more dramatic. To just drop off and not win a ranking event in in 18 months like he did. Played a championship final just over two years ago now. 18 months, whatever it is. He doesn't currently hold a TV ranking title, does he? Which is which is madness in, in Michael Van Gogh. Well, to go last year completely without a ranking event is madness. To fall that far, I don't quite think people are expecting. They're still expecting him to turn up and, and maybe dabble in the old pro tour, etc. But to be without that for so long, disappointing. Back in it, perfect. I just wish that everybody else was fighting fit to have a go at him at the same time. Feels like they're on different train tracks, and one's just going past the other one. They can't overtake each other; they're just going side by side. One goes ahead, then the other goes ahead. Going Price is injured now. Peter Wright is back, a little bit indifferent, not quite dominant. I just want the best players in the world all in form at once. Johnny Clayton seems to have completely dropped off now that Van Gogh is back. It's like we're only allowed one or two players to be in elite form at once. We talk about how good certain players are and how good the top two or three are, but you just want all of them switched on buzzing at once so you absolutely cannot call anything. And we've seen it where we can't call anything because we don't know who's in decent enough form. We haven't seen it where we go, right, all three of these guys are going to turn up with their absolute A-star game. Who's the best now? And I'm not sure we're going to get that till at least Blackpool, if not beyond this year. And at this current point, MVG was world number five. Spoiler alert, it doesn't last. Um, but at, at, at this point, as Stuart Pike pointed out to him, he was relying on wild card picks for certain events. And I'm not <laughs> going to lie, I did like his line. I don't know who he was digging at in particular. I will never beg, which I thought was was good. Um. Yeah, which is which is fine to say and back it up, and I think the, the confidence is now that at the minute he's fine to back it up. Just looking at that lead table, the one thing that stands out isn't the positions or the points; it's that lead difference, which is 
huge. Um, and we were talking about earlier on that led difference to them into it at some point. Only needs a couple of weeks change arounds and MVG to find himself, you know, fourth. I know we've got a long way to go, but that is such a huge difference already, that, that plus 20 sits, where you see a lot of the players, there's only, what, 16 leads then between the rest of them, and he's then 21 yeah. leads in front of Peter Wright, so that could be huge already, uh, down into that book. As I said, fair play to MVG. Dropping three legs last week only, uh, he had a 6-1 win over Joe Cullen as well, but yeah. it was a closer insignificant. You can't have a drop-off that big in the Premier League. You can have a in, in previous iterations of the Premier League, the biggest leg swing you can have was, was what, 12, 14 legs at any one point? You can't really have that at the minute negatively. You can have somebody go berserk, yeah. but you can't really have three of them go catch in because they'll have to both win quarter, final, semi final, etc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God says it's just, it's just a, that, that weight is just huge. That last weight of only dropping three legs. Whoop. Not sure all that beating her then. In regards to someone doing that, we wouldn't have picked it, I don't think, before Ranters of how good the field is. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a standout in that table that is already on plus 26. Evening, Mace. Yep, I'm, I'm happy. As always, I'll see you in the morning. From Obviously, I'm not staying in the penthouse like Mace is at the moment, but it looks good. Um, we've got a brief clip from MBG from this weekend as well. Well, sorry, from Thursday, we didn't... Yeah, true. Uh, let other people judge about things like that. Uh, I know what I'm capable of, and I know if I play my game, they don't even have a chance. And we all know that. I've said it so many times. It's more frustrating I have to defend myself constantly. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, that's the way where I'm. I'm, I'm a fighter. I always, I never give up whatever tournament I'm competing in. And uh, you have to keep believing in yourself, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, I've been there before, but I still was wearing pampers that day. Do you know what I mean? So long ago, nah. Do I class them above me in the world ranking? No, but it is what it is, and I need to make sure I do the right things at the at, at the tournaments that matters. And yeah, that's only up to me. <laughs> that that little Clint is back. It's not massively gone away, but there, there have been times where you haven't quite. He's been saying the right things all along, but there have been times where you can tell by the way that he says them or just the weighting of the, the words, etc., that it's not 100% believed it, but had to keep saying it. To, the minute he shows everybody else that he's given up, he's a sitting duck. Yeah. And he's avoided um, that. Correct. Then from there, are we going to Europe or are we going to Barnsley? Which one would you like to do first? Barnsley. We had the first women's series events. Um, Big Johnny is in as always. <clears throat> We're going to do the ladies series first. So this weekend saw the ladies compete and spoiler alert, it was dominated by the usual suspects, Gob. However, there are lots and lots of plus points away from Lisa and Fallon after what we saw in these four events. There is indeed. We started to see the emergence of a couple of talents uh, last year when we covered all 12 events. Some of them have been away, clearly. Put some work in. Rianne Griffith's return to the sport was superb in the opening event. I'm not sure many expected that. Uh, Chloe O'Brien was a name that, 
put together a decent run a couple of days. He'd be on stream more than pretty much anybody else as well. Uh, but Robin Burns run to the final on day one, event number two. Just just shows that there's something for these ladies to play for now. She's gone away. She's she's grown that extra level in her game now. Still room for her to kick on as well. But the more and more players that ravage in mid seventies and just below the eighty, it, it was just so good to see compared to perhaps where they were last year, where they were mid sixties and that they, they've gone away. They've put five to ten points on averages by playing consistently, putting the effort on the practice board, knowing that this is to come. They want to get better. And that's what that's what the women's series is for me. It's an environment for female dart players to learn the game in a structured environment. Because for the most part, it, it, it's sort of been neglected as the side of the game for a few years. Yes, there's been open events, county, super league, etc. But it, it just doesn't get the same attention that the men's game's ever got. No, and look, there was also a massively younger feel to this tournament. Um, as well, we saw some players that we hadn't seen, the likes, like you say, of Chloe O'Brien. We knew of Katie Sheldon and, and Robin Byrne before, but there was another one, Keen Barry's um, other half, Barbara. First time I've seen her throw, but how nice was the throw cop? Something to work on. Another one that perhaps didn't get the results, and people would look at her averages and go, well, what are you going on about? Um, but was it Benita Gruber, the German? Had a really nice action, yeah. apart from her points. She was using those ridiculous ones. Um, but again, the action was, was nice and there was just so much to like about the Lady Series um, and the improvement, the numbers and everything from last time. Yeah, and it, it was nice to see a little bit, a few more Europeans make the journey as well. Obviously, now that COVID restrictions have opened up a little bit, certain countries still got a test when they get home, etc. Um, didn't see Makuru um, or... Yuki Sakaguchi. Yuki Sakaguchi. Um, I think they've, they've had issues with, with travel, and obviously Yuki Mikuru should be over for the WDF World Championship in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, but look, there, there was new names. There was names that weren't at the last series. It was record numbers for attendance-wise, and everything's going in the right direction at this level. Yeah, and in event number one, it was won by the Lancashire Rose, Lisa Ashton, Brian Rianne Griffiths, who had a very good weekend in the final um, Mrs. Barry, I'm not even going to try and butcher her surname again. Barbara Hospoderska. That's the one. <laughs> um, um, so, no, uh, no, Daniel, I believe there is no testing to get into Germany. It's more Holland and Belgium are the, are the issues by all accounts. Um, they test you, far, but not for COVID. Chloe <laughs> um, <laughs> O'Brien making, making a semi-final, which which was good. And I say another plus point, Boise. I know you were, had stuff on at the weekend, but to see Eileen De Graff play in this one, we haven't seen her on the PDC Ladies Series yet. To see her come over was a massive plus point as well. Yeah, the, uh, as Dob alluded to, it was one where we was looking at the internationals because last last year when we had it, it was very much a, a U tie. Um, tournament in regards to the players who competed. So, Eileen the Graf. Now that motivation is the extra motivation is there for the match play. I think we are going to see them. It was interesting to look at the names and the entries across the two tournaments the weekend with the Isle of Man and the, the Ladies Series. It's going to be interesting to see who enters next time. But there's certainly it's certainly good to see Eileen the Graf um, bat and 
potentially then pushing up to fight for those top eight places uh, over the running events. Yeah, of course. And then that, that's the, the situation that we'll come on to that at the end. But if certain players miss out by a couple of points, then they've only got themselves to blame for not turning up to events one, two, four. Um, moving on to events number three. It was the double on Saturday for Lisa Ashton. Um, but Robin Byrne was the story of this day. Um, for me, boys, the, the Irish was was smiling and a lot to like about Robin Byrne from her throw. Her, her attitude seems really good. And to just to get to a final and, and break the, the hoodoo of the Sherrick Ashton getting to all the finals was a, a great stepping stone for the for the sport yeah not not just to that there for me but the, the fact of competing with Lisa in the final as you said I, I wasn't able to to see all of it over the weekend but it was um, one of the two finals that I did that to see and it was uh, she played very very well it was one of those one to that to the final unsure how she was going to play we sort of know the standard that Lisa can bring to a to final so it was good for Robin to, to push her and another one there who's in the mitts and Hasn't got as much pressure on her shoulders as some of the others because of a, a good run early on, and it's just now just throwing on that and being consistent. Not it's not always about getting to the, you know, the final, but it's having good runs and getting to the last eight and last four as spend time with them, just building them ranking points up and getting that experience. But yeah, very good to watch. Yeah, completely. And Lisa dominated um, day one, and God, we we were saying it that. At this point, Fallon looked massively undercooked um, just for a lack of win. We haven't seen her since Q School. Um, I actually spoke to her today, and literally the women's series was the first time that she played properly since Q School um, due to, to circumstances um, and, and everything. But at this point, we were like, there was concerns heading into the Sunday, shall we say. There was, but again, she was she was still doing enough, and I think that's the advantage that Lisa Fallon, Dieter, when she will return, because that is a concern that Dieter wasn't there for the opening weekend, etc. Because she was down in um, uh, down in across in the Isle of Man. Um, I've been told that Bo will be attending the next block as well, possibly um, pretty close. Hopefully, that is true. Um, and again, that will be the concern to them. But the fact that players that have been there and done it at the top level are still at that top level pretty comfortably for them is a, is a good sign. Yeah. Moving on to the Sunday. Fallon Sherrick added her name to the role of honour. She beat Joe Locke in the final. Joe Locke played very, very well to get there um, as, as well, Gob. But again, at this point, we saw signs that, that Fallon was, was getting better as we said, she couldn't finish her dinner on Saturday. Um, the doubling percentage was horrific, but put right in this event. Yeah, Sunday she she seemed a com- not a completely different player, but she definitely looked more composed, like she was uh, more switched on a little bit, like being there the day before, just giving her that nudge to to get going again. If you understand what I'm saying, and yeah, that that's exactly what she came out. She came out firing. Um, Lisa knocked out early, which was a bit of a surprise, um, but solid from from Fallon. Anyone that watches the ladies' series can confidently like we do. There's a telltale sign 
on Saturday, we had pigtails. On Sunday, the hair was up. Business when it goes in that messy world, it's like drama time. <laughs> um, but again, event three, absolute kudos. Eileen DeGraff getting to um, a semi-final. She put herself in a fantastic spot for a, for a match play um, position, which was really, really good from her point of view. And then moving on to the final event and the top two met in the final and this was the best game across the whole weekend they saved the best till last um barring the, the first leg which lisa didn't turn up in they were sensational god we were just drooling over this game because if we'd have seen that on the pro tour we'd have waxed lyrical about it still interesting that actually at the same time we we had the wdf isle of man stream on and it was Bo versus dieter as well and at that point i say this i don't say this very lightly because i understand the pressure that put it, the pressure that can be put on somebody so young at the same time and i know we're having a a fallen lisa conversation but at that moment i genuinely believe we were looking at the best four women players in the world at once we had lisa battling out with fallen as a bit of a rivalry that's gone on and on and on in the women's series and in the Isle of Man for three finals in a row, it was Dita versus Bogreaves. When they put all four of them in the same room together, I'm very, very excited. I'd certainly say top three. I, I genuinely think Bogreaves is that good. I'm and I, I know she hasn't proven three. it. You're not putting Dita I'm, in. I'm putting Dita three. in. Speaks in that top four because she's won not last block of women's series but the series before, and the fact that she beats everybody else so comfortably, moves through the gears, and is just such a winner. Dieter's in the top four for me. I think if I think, I, I I think the top three. When both plays like she did on Sunday, she's the best player in the world. She made a ninety-nine. Absolutely nothing to her. I don't think Dieter has that top gear anymore that the other three have. That's my worry. I don't think Dieter has that gear to go to that the other three have. I don't think she shows it as consistently. I think it is still there. She definitely doesn't show it as consistently. But I think her B game is so much more comfortable as well. I think Dieter Hedman is far less likely to slip up through earlier rounds, etc., than some of the others. Because if they switch off, they lose their range an awful lot. DeGraff and Suzuki are close, but this is the first time we've seen DeGraff in this situation in the women's series, and Suzuki just doesn't travel enough to play steel tip. When she's on it, oh, no doubt, right? Double world champion, unbelievable. And I may be proven wrong at the WDF. She rocks up and absolutely goes through that as well. But right now, the top four in the world for me are Fallon, Lisa, Bo Greaves, and Dieter Hedman. There's a nice little... And we had this conversation on stream for about there's the top couple of players in the world. Then there's a group below that that you would put as contenders for titles if your top ones have a day off. Your Lorraine Wynn-Stanley, your Corinne Hammond... Um, Rihanna Sullivan, perhaps, uh, Aileen McGrath, Trina Yeah. And then there's another block below that are the next step 
could compete for a title. You like a Robin Byrne before this weekend. Um, Ros Bulmer, perhaps, in, in that sort of category. But as, a, as, a, as an elite group, those four for me right now are top. Yeah, um, someone asked, my fourth, I personally, I have Suzuki over Dita, personally. Um, but that, that's just personal yeah. preference. I'm with you on that one, um, Phil, at the moment. But, yeah. Because um, we are talking about it, I thought I'd tee this up for a bit later, but we'll do it now as we're on it. Um, first of all, as as well, about the the, the the women and whatever, got Trina Gulliver. We saw her put in a few good performances, but then we saw the throw on the stream and how good did it look all these years on after everything she's been through? The throw still looked Rolls Royce. Yeah, when it's been as good as hers, is it's it's absolutely solid. And I think her very much like uh, Rihanna Sullivan. They just needed a way into a tournament. Yeah. The draw was not very kind to either of them on all four occasions. And don't get me wrong, when you're a top level dart player. You can't really bemoan that. You, you have the opportunity and you've got just as much chance of winning as, as anybody else. But when you don't quite have that player that's averaging 10 to 15 points lower than you, that just puts a win on the board, gives you that bit of confidence, etc. That was what I felt Trina and to a certain extent, Brianna Sullivan were missing for large parts of the weekend. But yeah, Trina was one of those. She picked, she picked up the odd win, but it just never seemed to get any easier for her as it may have done for perhaps a, a Lisa or a Fallon earlier on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we teed this one up. Um, look, we didn't see an awful lot of the Isle of Man um, because we were sat, obviously, in front of our, our screens here. But Bo Greaves absolutely smashed up the Isle of Man, Boise. Yeah. All, all through. Just a, a great weekend. Another one on... I know Dob mentioned it last week, if I remember right, it might have been yourself, Phil, that it's the throw that why she potentially went here instead of PDC because of being on stream. Um, but then I only saw bits, but it looked like it's getting a lot better, a lot smoother than it's been previously. And to, to then win all three, um, not obviously not the strongest field, we have a lot of them at the PDC events, but still to step past Dita twice. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see her then move over into the women's series and to see how she competes with the rest of the fills when that draws made to see how she can do up. And the aim is that top eight, it's just going to be a, a lot more difficult now because she's got the, the pressure of being four um, tournaments behind everyone else. But yeah, very, very good weekend. Very, very impressive. And as you've both alluded to, definitely same with me in that top three or four in the world. I, I agree. It was it was absolutely sensational on the ladies series. Uh, Andrew, I didn't hear a lot of Nigel's commentary because we had it on, but we don't have the commentary on whilst we're streaming, so I didn't hear any of it. If I'm being honest, um, but look, he's an experienced broadcaster, so no doubt it was up to par. And then from here. PDC went to Hildesheim. Um, busy weekend for the PDC. So we haven't got individual graphics, 
Um, so we, we, we'll go through um, them as it as it happened. Um, on the Friday, Friday is always interesting, shall we say, gents. Yeah, all, always interesting. And uh, this Friday, we've got a few less dames due to the, the uh, late changes, which only saw six dames played on the afternoon and seven on the evening, instead of our normal 16 today, which for a view wasn't as good, but um, still saw some quality dames across the afternoon. Yeah. Um, just the, 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 let, Let's address the elephant in the room first of all. Well, that was in the evening. One, it was a brilliant performance, but on the flip side of it, Adrian Lewis is now 40th in the world and sliding, but Carol said the check was outstanding at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Carol Sandercheck was outstanding all weekend, wasn't he? It was ridiculously yeah. good for a man that lost his tour card in the fashion that he did. But, yeah, look, there are serious concerns for Adrian Lewis. Now, we've been clinging on for the last 18 months, maybe even longer now, since AD come back from the back injury. We see the odd glimpse, the odd moment of the Lewis of old, a performance that you think there he is when he gets rolling, but he just doesn't produce it often enough and he does not produce a strong enough B game often enough anymore to be a top 32 player in the world. And it's if somebody who's had the success of Adrian Lewis can change his mentality and, and accept that at the minute. Because that's incredibly difficult for somebody who had so much success so young. Yellow Classen talks about it as well, winning the world title as, as a 21-year-old, how it's nearly set him off on the wrong path almost. Yeah. Um, but concerning right now, but Evil Charlie was superb. Another one, Martin Lukeman um, beating Jimi Hendrix. That was only the start of what was a wonderful weekend for Smash um, as well. Moving on to the business end, round number two. And I'm going to say this, boys. Round number two, we got more questions from players than we got. Um, we were hoping for answers from certain players, but I think we got more questions. Um, one that one that stands out, Callum Ritz. There's, there's. I think there's a world championship hangover. Yeah, it was. Throughout the game, I'm just watching it, expecting him to come to life or something to spring him into his game of, of what we can see, the level it can reach. Obviously, the World Championship one uh, was unbelievable. But probably the, the worst I've seen, Talon, um, which is very, very worrying. He's not started the season great, but the worst I've seen, Talon, it was a... Uh, there are worrying signs there. As you said, there's a few on Saturday, but that was the one that certainly stands out. A dame that don't into someone who's not in great form um, would have probably expected him to be favourite going into that. Um, and to see the level of performance that he's thrown, scoring just wasn't there at all. Obviously, you can all, all look at a poor average, but his dame just wasn't there one little bit. To only have one dart, it, the scoring, to only have one dart at a double against Mensor Sulevich. And that's not trying to be disrespectful to Mensor, but Mensor will give you chances because he's scoring, he's into as good as. Some of the other players on tour, so to only that one opportunity is very, very disappointing for Talon. Um, a big weekend coming up for him. It can be for a few of them, but it certainly is for him on the back of that 
we spoke about this last week about certain people like Cross um, following up from the Youth Day Open. It's been a big week. This one for me is a big week for Talon. Obviously a pro tour, so we may not see him unless he comes on a streaming board. But it's a big week for him to just regroup. Yeah. Um, well, Elvis, we'll talk about the live league later, mate. We're doing the Euro Tour at the moment. Um, we'll answer that later on. Um, again, round two, Sedlacek carried on his unbelievable form, averaging all but 96 in a whitewash of Hollywood, Chris Dovey. Last week, we said Dovey couldn't continue to play well and lose. This time, he's played poorly and lost Gob. He has indeed... Only 88, unhollywood like from what we've seen so far this year. Yeah, the, it's a bit up and down for Dobes, isn't it? He's another one, though, who should have played... No, he got a late adjustment to be a seed, didn't he? He got a late moving yeah. up. So he would have been planning to play on the Friday, ended up on the Saturday. And that adjustment can just shock players a little bit. And look, Karol Sedlacek blows you away when he, when he plays the way he did. 95 average, 50% on the doubles. He was superb, but Dobie just couldn't get into the game. I feel that's a bit where darts is at the minute. We, there's a lot of next-gen, next-level players. It's almost like tennis. Once Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, etc. go on, there's, there's another group just waiting. But they have their moments, but they don't do it as frequently as, as your top group do now. And something just needs to click for all of them. And I think Dobie's one of those players that when he's on it, absolutely ridiculous. If he loses his range, it takes a long time to get back on it. Yeah. No, yeah, look, I don't I don't disagree. Um, Jose de Souza edges past Kim Hybrex again. Those two, for them, it's, it was a poor <coughs> standard um, of game. Uh, Rob Cross averaging all bar a ton to beat Martin Clearmacher. Um, Dirk van Dijvenboda, Boise, we're starting to see improvements from the Overgenius. It hadn't been good for the last six months or so, but there's just um, a few signs that maybe Dirk is bursting into life again. Yeah, much needed improvements from Dirk. We've seen glimpses on the Pro Tour, but not so much on uh, either streams or on TV, even performing to a very high standard. But we saw it against Lavanost. He's put in a very, very good performance. Always in control, um, and and one to watch. It, it's a strange one because he's one that he was one of the players we was talking about when fans returned. He was going to be one that would push on, but actually we've seen a decline in dirt. Um, so it's now now it's probably the opportunity that pressure's off his shoulders a little bit more because we haven't seen performances from him to a high standard really in the past six to nine months. So that pressure's off a little bit, um, and hopefully without that pressure, we can just go up and in, enjoy his darts. As we see from Dirt, a lot of passion on stage. But if we can see the performances we've seen behind closed doors on there, we're going to be a threat in any tournament. Yeah, um, moving down again. Where are we with Devin Peterson? Because, again, it's another mid-80s average. We saw new equipment and... Boise, I know you speak to him a lot, but I'm just not convinced right now. I know in his head it will all come good because he's doing the right things, but what I'm seeing 
on the board. I can't see it right now. I don't see where this spark is, where it's coming from. Yeah, it seems to be in a bit of a transitional period. I don't really want to use that term, but it seems to be in on that. But there is a good game there, but it's not followed up with one. Uh, we saw that at the Utah Open when he got past Lassen and then wasn't able to follow it up. Um, and I think at the moment, it's just waiting for that run. It's, you know, maybe down to a pro tour and doing winning three or four on the bench that might spark it. But yeah, I agree that we haven't seen enough to see that we're going to see him back to when he won this tournament two years ago. Um, and at the moment, he does seem to be around that 85 to 90 mark more consistently than pushing higher than that. And as we know, on uh, in these events or on the Pro Tour, that needs to be a lot higher. So it's just that run of dames he needs. Weekends like this weekend could help if he can get a few wins under his belt. But yeah, the question marks are still there. And still his back pushing and eating the numbers like he was um, a couple of years ago. The question marks will remain. Um, then Chizzy over the line against Clemens again, not a particularly good game. Um, Dimitri Vandenberg, solid to beat Alan Suter. Peter Wright, we saw more tinkering on the Friday night, like the, the Saturday night. We saw <laughs> a, a set of darts that, um, last, did, did they last a leg? Gobble was it about half a leg? Um, but look, Martin Schindler will be left scratching his head how he's not won this game. Look like he got him out fucking Christmas cracker. What on earth is he playing at, man? No, not ideal there, man, at all. Um, yeah, look, he turned it around. They gets a goal, one out, starts playing all right. Schindler went from not missing a thing to starting to think about it a little bit more again, perhaps. And there's been a few more of these of late from Peter Wright than perhaps we've seen in the past. There was a time last year where, apart from the events that he told us he was going to win, he crashed out a little bit early in a fair few with poor performances that he couldn't switch on or turn it around. And now he is starting to turn a few more of those around. He can just hang around in tournaments longer. And the longer Peter Wright's in a tournament, the more chance he's got to win in it. Which is a very Michael Owen thing to say, but because you give an opportunity to find something he clicks with on a weekend just ask him for trouble yeah yeah agreed um it's so himself it's so easy but you are right you are right what you're saying but it is so it's very michael owen but when you break it down a bit it just makes a bit more sense doesn't it anybody clinging into a tournament longer means they're more likely to win it but when you've got the pedigree of Peter Wright that's got over the line before it's not oh well I've got away with a player that hasn't been there or done that gets away with one starts thinking about it a bit too much doesn't get over the line do you know what I mean Peter Wright more likely to do it than, than most yeah um, then Ratajski, um fumbled his way to a win over Jamie Hughes, MBG, 104 average to beat Jose Justicia. That was actually a really good game. I enjoyed that one. Jo- Jose can play. He's, um, <laughs> I enjoyed that one, Boise. Yeah, it was, it was a very good game from Jose. Obviously, MBG coming to this weekend with a lot of confidence. The back-to-back Premier League nights. And it was probably if one of those were looking at that, it could have very, very one-sided. But Jose 
made a day of it, put in a very good performance, and I'm with you. Yeah, he's a he's a very good, very underrated player on the tour. And um, for me, obviously, every time you his name's mentioned, it goes back to one incident on the pro tour. But there's there's more to him that there's a very good darts player in this Jose, and a very underrated one as well. Yeah, and then what a game! This this was arguably the best game we saw the whole weekend. Um, got the we had it on in the background when we were streaming. Martin Lukeman beats Damon Hetzer 6-5 in a last leg decider, 108 and 104 averages. Just an absolute belter of a game. Yeah, because we don't have the commentary on whilst we're streaming, I don't quite think we realised how good this was until the averages flashed up after the final dart. And it's very easy to do that because we're constantly trying to watch so many Dark Connect streams, etc. when we're doing what we're doing. That you look down, oh, that that's moving along quickly, or that's moving along all right, or they're in the trouble, they're in the trouble, but you just don't expect it to stay there whilst you're not looking, and because you can't hear the excitement or the commentary of what's going along with it as well, you just think, oh, it, it's okay, and then the graphic flashes up that they've averaged 108 and 104, and you're like, holy hell, that was exceptional. Yeah, oh, massively. Um, it was it was funny, and then this is where the drama started for the for the day. We're all preparing for the quarterfinals. My phone goes. Um, Peter Wright pulled out because of a back problem. We'll, we'll touch on the, the fitness issues um, in a minute. So MVG gets a, a bye to the semi-final. And just didn't see that coming. And I can only think he, he must have done something when he went back to the hotel to get something to eat or something like that. Because it's a weird one, isn't it? The thing is, we saw him holding his back at was it the Premier League semi-final last week, maybe Exeter, possibly before that. Yeah, uh, once up on stage at the UK Open as well, I think. And Peter Wright's probably done it speculation but when you've chased as many events as peter wright has he's literally missed nothing for two three four years in the hunt of being world number one he's gone for that i'm going to accumulate as much as i can so that if i do win a major and it drops off it doesn't hurt me too much i'm just going to have that much stocked up everywhere else they're just going to be so small increments i'm still going to protect my world ranking i'm not going around i'm going to play everything i'm going to do everything i'm going to be the perfect professional if you like he doesn't really stack off pro tours at last minute like we've seen Van Gerwen do or Price do or manage their schedule and if anything Peter Wright's the oldest of the three it's probably done him more damage than good long term but also he's, he's still trying to play for it this search for one number one for the last few weeks has, has been on his mind the fact Gezi wasn't there was a little bit strange I'm not sure if he was defending more from this tournament to cling on to that position for a while um but to, to travel to Germany, to play the game to in the afternoon and then to withdraw in the evening is a bit of a weird one. Unless he uh, aggravated it when he went back. Saying he was complaining of a back problem in his interview uh, after beating Matyski. If he did, obviously we were streaming at the time, so we didn't have the sound on the interview, so couldn't hear that. Just um, on that, though, Dob, Dob, looking at the, the next sort of month and the calendar, and to you, Phil, looking at the next sort of month, if he is to the Premier League is what he's, he's driving towards. Yes, he's now world number one. He's achieved that. We're expecting him to potentially stay there or yo-yo throughout the year. 
looking at the next month, with it being every obviously every Thursday's Premier League, next three or four weekends you've near enough that a Pro Tour event. Would you then drop out of a couple of those Pro Tour events because the Premier League is what the fight is towards? And the Pro Tour events potentially, maybe this weekend, we might not see Derwin Pro. So is it a bit, well, if Derwin drops out, I might as well drop out as well instead of trying to push on with that lead and rest it up for a, a week and just focus on those Premier League games? I think so. In moderation, I think he needs to limit the travelling as much as he can because that can't be hurt, helping at all. This weekend's Premier League is Nottingham to Barnsley, which yeah. isn't a million miles away. It's not as if it's one of the European legs where you've got to start flying around all over the place. The next couple after that, I'd be sceptical about. The advantage Peter Wright has is because of um, COVID, etc. the next block of Pro Tour money dropping off his ranking doesn't look like it's until July to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's not defending an awful lot. So he just has to match whatever gears he gets if he wants to stay number one. And the fact he's done it, look, everyone wants to stay there, but you can't take away from the fact that Peter Wright has been world number one for now. And the longer he stays there, obviously, the better the legacy. But your health's got to come first, especially if Peter Wright intends on staying in this game for a few more years and mopping up the rest of the trophies that he hasn't yet collected. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So the other quarterfinals said the Czechs great run come to an end. Uh, Rob Cross averaged a ton, played really, really well. Um, Daryl Gurney, we said this for a while, Chin is returning to somewhere near his brilliant best as he defeats uh, Johnny Clayton 6-5. Clayton better this weekend. Um, and Dimitri Vandenberg um, beat Michael Smith. And again, it was a bit of a shocker of a game. So the semi-final lineup, Daryl Gurney against um, Rob Cross, 7-4 to Cross. Gurney not quite replicating what he did in the quarterfinals, but a very good performance from Rob Cross, Gob. The performance that we've needed from Rob Cross for a man that has had what we perceive as a little bit of a non-selection for Premier League hangover and the pressures that come with it. But yeah, a very good performance from Rob Cross. Karen said the check was superb all weekend as a, as a non-tour card holder, but just looked like Cross had that extra gear, didn't it, at that moment? Yeah. No, agreed. And then the other semi-final, Dimitri Vandenberg will be kicking himself a little bit, Boise. He had a huge, huge opportunity here. Three clear darts at double 14 may haunt him for a while. Yeah, my, and it's it's both ways. Looking at it from Dimmy's point, it's a, it's a good weekend to see him back going deep into the tournament. However, should have done at least one further. And then for MVG, it's just when it's going your way, it's going your way. Um, at this point, we saw it on the Thursday night with missing those darts and then Wade not being able to push on in lead 11. This time, it was out of his hands um, and it was free in the hand of Jimmy to, to get over the line. Um, and it spurred MVG on once again to, you know, to push on then into that final. But yeah, 
as much as it's a semi-final run for Dimi, it will be looked at as a disappointing weekend because it should have been at least one further. Yeah. If MBG has a one back-to-back Premier League, do you think Dimi hits that double? Yeah. Mm, no. Um, I think it's more on where, where Dimi's Dimi staying currently is at the moment more than it is on the that it being against MVG. But um, and then the final, and what a final this was! Rob Cross four one, and at that point, looked classy, classy, crossy, as they said on Sky the other week. Um, but. MVG showed some stones. And again, same question that you've just asked, Gob. If he hasn't won back-to-back Premier Leagues, does he come back from 4-1 behind? Possibly. But I think this was more on Cross than Van Gogh. Van Gogh was, was solid, don't get me wrong. But there was the moment where Cross went a little bit Premier League last year. And that the big trebles just evaded him. He got a little bit ragged. He went a little bit hunting for them around the board in that midsection when he had that lead that allowed Van Gogh to get back level or, or close to level. And at that point, you're a bit like, this is going one way now. Rod Studd may not believe in momentum, but when you've opened the door for Michael Van Gogh in and you've started to lose your range on the treble a little bit in the mid-bit to allow that to happen as well, you take a bit of a blow mentally. Yeah. Um, but there were some real high-class moments in this final. And like we said, spoiler alert, this is an image, gents, we haven't seen for a long, long time. There it is. MVG wins his 33rd Euro Tour title. Boys, and just when you say it like that, 33rd. Eurotour title is absolutely ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous considering how long this had to wait to make it 33. Was it back in 2019? Obviously, I know we've had we've had a, a period without the Euro Tours, but for that number to be where it is, it, it is ridiculous. Um, a long wait. And now it's, we spoke about it at the Nordic Darts Masters last year when he went on and won that and I was taught him that it's time now for him to go and push on and to hit them levels that we've seen before and he might have a bit of a lead up with the injuries of a, a couple of the top players in the world um, but it's now for him to follow it follow it up don't let don't yourself a, a pro tour this weekend or one the following weekend get yourself a couple of Premier League nights push away at the top of that lead where you've been before um, so it's all about now he's got there just pushing on and making sure he gets more and more um, because he's, he's backed. The big thing about the, the win wasn't just getting that title, it was being backed into the top four in the world, moving back into that third place that he'd, he'd lost the previous week. Um, and it's just now pushing on and it sounds soft, but it's maintaining that third until as the world is so big in your prize money, catching set and he's then it'd be nearly impossible for him this year, but he's making sure he then goes into the end of the year in that third and then he can throw in as the, 
comes to the Wolves later on in the year. But his focus needs to be now. He's just maintaining that third position. And he's only going to do that by picking up more of these Euro titles and Pro Tours. As you said there, back to world number three. Michael Smith, world number four. James Wade, <laughs> in world number five. Gob. End of year talk, I'd race. That's where I'm looking at. And he's 50 grand behind it. End of year talk, I'd race. Van Gogh is sixth. Without this weekend, he would have been seventh. A lot of money to it defend this year. It won at least two v two TV titles, so it's fine. That's bold. However, yeah, but what if however, four of them last year? Yeah, he wins the match play in the worlds. Right, Peter Wright. Peter Wright's now on screen. Um. Has that um has this switch in the rankings made selection for the World Series slightly easier? <laughs> Shouldn't have. Yes. Yes. They need to complete the World Series calendar before we start talking about selection for the World Series. And we've got plenty more to talk about than the World Series tonight. I don't like talking Premier League too far ahead of it. Let, let's not talk World Series before it actually matters. <laughs> Um, I just like winding you up. Um, speaking of the Premier League, we go to Gob City. This week we're off to the home of Robin Hood, Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. Looking at those fixtures right now, <laughs> how confident are you? How confident are you? <laughs> But we see eight players, or are we taking odds on six and seven? I'm taking odds on under six matches played on the evening. <laughs> I, I only see one. I, I see I'm only one. Right now, I believe going price will not be there. When you post a picture of your hand on Instagram that looks nearly the same size as a tennis ball steel or whatever it is he's got in his hand for comparison, and he says it's getting better, I dread to think how bad it looked last weekend when he rocked up in Brighton expecting to be able to play at some point and hoping it went down. It just looked no chance to me, not in three days. And even if he does manage to get the swelling down, to get to a level where he can compete and make it competitive would just be a waste of his and uh, Michael Van Gerwen's time. Do you think, obviously, the PDC know about these two injury concerns. Do you think they will want an answer by tomorrow from both of them? And that if it's just one, if it's just Price, I think the night goes ahead as it is, the same as it did in Brighton. But if they are both out, do we see a hastily organised exhibition game, Boise? I'm not sure that would be fair on Joe Cullen of what happened last week. Um, no, I know no, Joe come, come be, and go. I know no, Joe. Not for the involved, for the crowd. For we'll the crowd. Yeah, I'm not saying for that point, but we've, we spoke around the advantage that MVG had last week of Joe Cullen going onto that stage. had been prepared for however many hours and then that game didn't go ahead. 
and it was to the ad- advantage of MVG. But if Joe Cullen, I know it would benefit Joe this week because Peter Wright would be one of those. But let's say it's the other way round and it's Derwin Price who doesn't play and it's the only one who misses out. But MVG debts to have a match on the stage where Joe Cullen didn't have debt to have a match on the stage last I'm week. I'm talking about no. No, I'm talking about an exhibition game. Two players play each other. They don't play someone in here. You right, it's time. It's time. For, for, this is purely yeah, for the okay. crowd's sake. Yeah. Pure, purely for the crowd yeah. to give them value for money. Yeah, just who then two players would be and where did that then two players from? Um, I'm sure we could, we'd all think of one straight away um, who Sky Sports mentioned this weekend. But um, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's who that Dan would play. I'd, I'd be up for that if. Only if probably both miss out. Because it's a, it's a very, very short night then. Dobbed would be tucked up in bed by half past nine. it's just one of them, it'll be exactly the same as it was in, in Brighton. But if they, yeah. if they lose two games, I think they do, do they Do they shoehorn something in? Yes, but... Yeah, I'm with you. I only see him losing one, as we was on about just with Peter Wright. I don't see Peter Wright missing a Premier League night unless it's really that bad. I'd be more expecting him to miss the weekend than I would Thursday night. And that sort of bottom half is... They're all difficult at Premier League nights, but it's not a bad bottom half to be in, in comparison for me. You're avoiding MVG. You've got Joe who didn't have a great week last week and you've got potentially Gary Anderson in there not in great form, Johnny Clayton not performing to the level. So I would be surprised if not to see Peter Wright. Um, but I'd be more surprised to see Durbin Price there as that picture doesn't look very good at all on his, uh, his release today. Right. Let's run it through. Let's pretend they're all fit to play. Match one. <laughs> all fit and all fit to play. Match one. Michael Smith. James Wade. Intriguing one for me. God, seen first glimpses We've seen glimpses from both the last few weeks, but we've also seen Smith starting slowly. Wade, not the best for the first two weeks, but has kicked on a bit since. Um, I'm saying last leg. And I'm saying Wadey. Boise? 11 legs, Michael Smith. Michael Smith, 6-4. Are we all saying MVG has a bye to the semi-final? Yes. That, yes. for me... One's not even a, a debate at the minute. Going Price will not be there on Thursday. From what we've seen, Going Price is out. It's if um, Peter Wright, he's the tough little nut that he is, and pulled out as a precaution in Germany to get home to have his back work done for a couple of days to play again. But the fact it's been a recurring back injury for the last couple of weeks is an issue. The fact it's Peter Wright and not anybody else in the field suggests to me that he's just going to try and play through it anyway, because that's what the man does. The, the one thing I would say, Phil, if Derwin Price does play, and I'm, I don't think he will, but if he does play, I'd just then strongly fancy MVG because how much of a 
How many times would he have picked a dart up and the form that MVG's in seems as though very much one-sided in this one. So he either does play and it's, it's a one-sided affair, um, but I don't expect to see him there. Chat room, get involved. Give us your score predictions as always as well. Um, Gary Anderson, Johnny Clayton. This could be a timely game for a certain ferret. Boise. Yeah, I've got... Unfortunately, in a position where he's a player I love to see, Darren Anderson, but and this might help him. Me saying I can't back him at, at anything at the moment in regards to the performances he's putting in, but I can see this being very, very much one-sided as well. And in the Clayton um, stamp, I think it yeah it helps Clayton out. Clayton will be looking at this very much like Peter Wright and seeing it's a half the draw that he fancies, but. I see Johnny Clayton coming through around midway, about six three. You the same, Gob? Um, there's a little bit of me that thinks that this is very much the game for Gary Anderson at the right time as well. Short of perhaps Joe Cullen, the player that's shown bigger dips than the majority of the field at the minute is Johnny Clayton. The longer Gary stays with him, the better the chances. If Gary gets absolutely blown away by an underpar Johnny Clayton, there are serious, serious concerns for Gary Anderson in this campaign. And at that point, the fact there is no relegation might not be the best thing for us fans because I'm not sure I want to see Gary Anderson getting blown away every single week by the same six or seven players. Um, so more for hope than belief, Gary wins this one 6-4. <laughs> I think Johnny Clayton does a number 6-3 to the ferret. Then Joe Cullen, Peter Wright, and again, same sort of thought here, Gob. Could this be potentially be the good game for Joe Cullen to get a result if Peter Wright's not fully fit? If Peter Wright turns up, yeah. But with that, it comes of its own pressure, doesn't it? In the Joe Cullen goes from a couple of weeks ago being in, in great form, Masters champion, started brightly, made a final, yes. Struggling a little bit at the minute and then is expected to win against Peter Wright, who will be under the weather. And the longer that Wright stays with him or frustrates him, if he's playing, will be more of a concern for Cullen once again. And it's, it's those situations we haven't really seen Joe reveling in the past. Um, yeah, look, Peter Wright turns up half 60% fit and Joe Collin plays his game Joe Collin should win this one Boise I still see Wright coming through it um, we've seen him have this for a few weeks and still find a performance my biggest not my biggest worry the biggest worry is the bat but seconds of that is what equipment he's going to use from the from the start um, especially now he's struggling. Just that, if you're struggling with an injury, just get used to throwing something that you are really comfortable with. You know you can um, put in a high level of performance. We're not going to see that from Peter Wright. So, dot concerns around the darts, but I just think the expectation on Joe might be a little bit too much. And Wright sneaks through, sits for. I think the rock star does it. 
just because I'm not convinced how fit Peter Wright will be. So I'm going Joe to, to nick it. Semi-finals then. From your predicted lineup, who makes the final and who wins? Top half, Michael Van Derwen beats Michael Smith again. And bottom half, as much as I'm saying right up and through then Tullen, I think it'll be too much against Clayton. And Clayton sees him off. And then we'll have an MVG Clayton final. And Johnny Clayton stops the run of MVG in the Premier League. And Clayton gets over the line. 6-4 in a 105-105 type final. Very high quality final. Clayton that's over the line. Go. James Wade beats Joe Cullen in the final. Are you drunk? <laughs> He's played MVG Gina twice. Gina recently. Ran him close. Without playing great. This is the week he gets him. Look, his record against Van Gogh in the last couple of Premier League campaigns has been very, very good as well, by the way. Didn't... At some point, that'll so... kick in again. You know how you you know how you know these down. So that's Dob's prediction with his heart, because he's gonna be in Nottingham on Thursday. Dob, what's your head prediction, say? It's definitely not James Wade Wade winning. I'm gonna cheer him (laughs) on. We're one man support band. (laughs) If I'm there, by the way, I'm still waiting on a reply. Um MVG makes it a hat trick of Premier League wins as he defeats Johnny Clayton in the final. Chat room, what are you saying? It'll be interesting. (laughs) Can we talk Um, the points as well? Because it's going to rear its head again, because we've already seen prices withdrawal last weekend. He's not actually losing anything by not being there. Joe Collins awarded a 6-0 win. Nothing yeah. happens to Gerwin Price. There is no legs what? lost. Yeah, there is. He loses six. Yeah. Minus six on his... Not according to this. Yeah, we should do. Tens from the quarterfinals. Yes. Yeah, it's not it's not suitable, Dob. According to this. That thing was Phil's computer being told I'll just send it to them. <laughs> I thought it went. He, he lost the 
the legs. From what I've seen, the player that's still in the tournament gets awarded a 6-0 win. Counts towards their standings, but not towards the player that withdraws. That's a surprise. Because the way they were talking there in Brighton, like uh, Wayne and whatever, was he lost it from his leg difference. Um, just checking week before. Yeah, he hasn't. He has not. You are right, Dob. That, I'm just looking at week very... four, and he's on the same. He's on the same leg difference. Don't agree with that. Me neither. And that's exactly my point, Jamie. Heading into the playoffs with the final week, knowing that a withdrawal costs you. No minus leg difference, but playing a game, say you're a Joe Cullen and you're on the cusp, or James Wade or whatever, and you've got a red hot Michael Van Gogh, and he goes on to win six weeks more of this tournament, absolutely flying, and you're clinging on to qualify, and you get Van Gogh in opening round, why would you play that match? I would not pull out. Exactly. I then change my mind on what Peter Wright might do this week because Don't take the hit on the legs. he could have a full week off including Pro Tour and then return next week to Rotterdam mm. I think if he yeah, plays not... if he plays Thursday as well he's more inclined to go to the Pro Tour because it is Barnsley and three days of darts for a player that struggled to get through the UK Open as far as he did, struggling to play at the Euro Tour, etc., will not be any good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't agree with that, though. I'm, I'm no, not nearly suggesting that Premier League players do not have integrity and that anybody would do it. But when the opportunity is there, except why on earth would you just allow it to be there? Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, But the lead difference has done on Joe's. Yeah. So Joe, that's the sitting the winning his stat in his league table. But so he benefits from it. But Desi doesn't have it against him. Yeah, I find yeah. that very strange. Yeah, not not a fan. Um, but also the elephant in the room. Twitter's been very vocal this weekend, boys. Um, around Sky Sports's darts coverage this weekend. Just not helping, are they? Correct. And no. I actually, I've got more time for Wayne Mardle getting involved as it appears that he has. 
and reported back that it, it's not on because this is absolutely not Fallon Sheriff's fault. But the way that Sky have covered Fallon Sheriff in darts since the last two PDC World Championships and basically ignored everybody else. It's amazing when I say it, but basically over the weekend, Lisa Ashton won three of the Lady Series events. The first time Sky acknowledged it from their social media account was when Fallon won the third event, stating that Fallon had just won an event, and then they didn't tweet about the fourth event either. So the only acknowledgement of the Women's Series they made all weekend was that Fallon had won an event. Got a fair bit of backlash underneath it. People tweeted Wayne Mardle saying, what does he think about it? And he replied saying that he'd had a word um, with his with his bosses, with his employers, because obviously he's contracted to Sky, which I really rate as a move from Wayne. This is not a fault of, of Fallon Sheriffs. It's just disappointing. We fully understand. And look, there was talks about being in the Premier League last year because she was one of the most marketable darts players in the world. Fine. Use her as your um, thumbnails. Use a Use it for your photos, get that image, get people in, etc. But don't completely ignore the other 95% of the women's game. Don't make it a Fallon Sherrick show account because it's not. There are other players in the sport. What Fallon has done to raise the profile of the game by going to the World Championship, by beating the players that she did, was exceptional. It created a buzz, and that's why we're in the position we are right now with women's series, women's match play etc because it got eyes on the sport it got eyes on female players in the sport for the pdc for sky and part of that buzz is being lost a little bit because of um covid and the fact they weren't able to enact on it straight away and for the most part fallon sheriff was very very big news but that has died down a little bit not getting through q school etc again through q school all the reporting was Fallon Sherrick did this, Fallon Sherrick did that, and Lisa Ashton has done an awful lot in the game. The first female player to have a tour card, to go up there, etc. Four-time <laughs> world champion. And look, we're in media, we understand how revenue works in this, in this game, in this industry, if you like, that, that clicks equals cash. And perhaps Fallon fits an image that suits Sky's motive, that fits them trying to push women's sport across the board in general. But it's just not right. And it's backfiring on Fallon more than anybody else. It's creating a divide. Yeah, that's probably my biggest issue with it. Oh, there's, well, there's two to it. The divided tourism with Fallon and the the hatred that she's getting on social media and she's not doing anything other than going to these events and playing her day in. Um, and let's be honest, has had a very good weekend. They could have reported across the weekend on, on all the events and she's still had a very, very good weekend. Yes, not a great Saturday, but Sunday was a very, very good day. Only losing in the final, obviously winning the other one. There was a day, There was a way of reporting that differently i personally think um that would have then included fallon in within those stories um so i think it is a bit poor but hopefully we'll see that improve 
um, because it's not just it's not just then about having this Lisa versus Fallon. It's about promoting it because, especially with Sky Sports, I'm I'm assuming that they will be showing the um, women's match play on Sunday afternoon. It's about promoting all those eight players as well that are that in there. There is an opportunity to promote towards fighting for those top eight places. So I find it a bit disappointing that they're not mentioning Fallon. I'm not mentioning everyone else, sorry, just mentioning Fallon. I'll mention Fallon, not mentioning everybody else yet. Interesting. I've just had a a message from someone that is watching the show whose name name will remain nameless, talking about the injury concerns this weekend. And Peter Wright is thinking of only playing Premier Leagues pulling out of Euro Tours and Pro Tour events until he gets himself normal and fit. That makes sense. Makes hundred percent sense. Well I would I would ask a lot more questions if it was other players, but for someone who's so driven towards winning that Premier League and he's already in a position where he's achieved that world number one, if he hadn't, then there'd probably be other questions, but um, for uh, me, and it would be the right decision. Not earning ranking is an issue, but also not defending anything, dropping off his ranking until July, from what I can see on Darts rankings. Yeah. Also means he's got a little bit of playroom as well. Yeah. Um, also, in the message, it was he had hospital today and has physio booked tomorrow for his back in a bid to be okay for Thursday. We've been in exactly the same position with Gary Anderson before, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the message I've just received, that we will probably see Peter Wright in Premier Leagues, but pull out of Euro Tours and Pro Tours until he is back fit. It's the message wonder, that I've just wonder got. If he know, wonder if he knows about the role, that it wouldn't drop his lead difference and he might change his mind. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and again, that, that, that just shows the power of the Premier League as well. And what players think of it. Um, to an extent, but I think that was a reward being selected, etc. Yeah, uh, evening, weekly darts cast. Hope we are all good. But yeah, back to the, the, the Sky Sports thing. Yeah, look, it, it, it wasn't a, a great look. Look, we work in media and I get it. I, I get why that, that they've done it. But it doesn't help. Do but it. I get it. There's just there was just an opportunity there on Sunday night to release a statement to say that Fallon wins one of the the four ladies events. There's a there's a way of positioning, but to only report on that one event. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the bit I don't I I, I didn't like. It. Look, I, unfortunately, from a digital point of view, um, Fallon does more numbers than Lisa. That's not even up for debate. I don't. That's nothing against what type of players they are or whatever. So from their point of view, they've got targets to hit on impressions, how many people they get to their account, website, and they've just taken a massive, great big, this will get us numbers. And it, no doubt it would have done, but it doesn't paint. But I think a lot of that was negative numbers yesterday. It was a lot of negative comments interactions. And I guess comments are comments, yeah, right? If you their targets, the, the you get more. How many impressions did you have? And if people are still slating them, that does huge impressions. Yeah. And, like, and, and that's what they're judged on. 
you get you get the double, don't you? You tweet about Fallon's success, right? You do another tweet about Lisa, you get the chance of more impressions there. A tweet takes thirty seconds. We know that the article behind it, five minutes. You, there, are, there are ways to make that even shorter if you're prepared or you've got somebody on the spot reporting about it. You get double bubble. So the, the the other thing that doesn't help is there was a massive restructure within Sky recently. We know this from good fans because one of our mates um, used to work there and they have shoehorned darts into a big multi-sport bubble shall we say where beforehand the people used just used to concentrate on on darts there was two people dedicated to darts two people to american football two people to cricket x y and z where now it's just a team and over this weekend, I'm pretty sure that their team would have spent more time on cricket and golf than than darts. Again, I'm not saying that's right. It's been a very, very busy weekend sporting-wise. We found that whilst we were streaming as well. There yeah. were moments where Lambert had glanced at the football score or England rugby were playing or the Players' Championship golf's on or England were playing cricket or the Six Nations was on. Like, it was a very, 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 very busy weekend of sport. Cannot disagree with that. But if you're going to do that, Wait until all four events are over and then tweet about the success of all of it. If you're only going to tweet yeah, once, right. which is clearly in their plan, right. yeah. just wait until the end. Yeah, do no, five I'm, minutes I'm, of research. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not arguing at, at all um, about that. Um, but I'm just saying, I, from a, a numbers point of view, I get it. Mm-hmm. it, it is, is the thing. Um, um, Laura... I disagree with that because the ladies series is run by the PDC, not Sky Sports. And the PDC are genuinely trying to grow the ladies game. This has nothing, the Sky Sports account has nothing to do with the PDC at all. And the PDC's coverage for, for Lisa and Fallon and all the other ladies was absolutely superb over the weekend, considering there was a Euro tour on as well. So I, I disagree with the ladies series being um, a vehicle to market Fallon because, um, the PDC care. It, it, it was Sky that created the issue this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done it. It just needs to improve now moving forward. Hopefully we'll see that that's a, that's, I'm not going to say a one-off because we've seen it previously, but hopefully we'll see this improve if they are going to tweet about it, which hopefully they will do because we want to see the, the ladies series, uh, the women's series that bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so hopefully we'll see more from them. But it's more of a toss the field instead of just looking at that one player. But like we said, it's yeah. not fair on Fallon one little bit. No, no. Should, should, can we continue this rant on media and abuse and whatever else anyway? Because over the same weekend, we've seen a brilliant moment from George Noble on the Euro Tour that we forgot to mention during the, the Euro Tour, perhaps oh, in the game. Called out the crowd. Philip Brzezinski was very, very passionate about that as well. And look, in the past, we've given. European tour crowds a little bit more stick than we have in UK crowds but actually since we've returned from COVID this year UK has been just as bad it needs stamping out somewhere and even look Joe Collar made exactly the point on Twitter we've been trying to make for months as well somebody called out saying why are you just calling out a German crowd booing's been going on for a long long time and, and Colin's response was a crowd of boos is absolutely fine it is a wall of noise it is one sound it's, it, it, you, you can't detect anything in it there's no distinct change in it when somebody's whistling or shrieking just as you're releasing your darts 
the body's natural reaction is to tense up and that makes you miss. And Cullen called that out 100% and I thought that was well handled, especially in a week where he got abused for using his Twitter position to get his jumper back from a hotel, which I thought was more than justified as well. Funny enough how they find it once you put pressure on social media. And also, <laughs> look, we, we kicked on Callum Ridd's performance earlier um, and how it wasn't his best, etc. But for him to then get a death threat via social media, because effectively somebody lost 50p on a bet, is an absolute joke. And, and people need a serious, long, hard look at themselves. Yeah, exactly. And I look, George, George Noble is the best referee in the game. End of, in my opinion. And would the others have done that? I'm not sure. They might have said something, but I don't think they would have been as commanding or as dominating in that position as what George was at the weekend. It, it was genuinely a brilliant piece of officiating. We've seen Nobles do it before, but I, gen- I, I haven't spoken to any of the refs directly on this. But part of me questions if there was a directive to just let it go. You get Hugh that will say the odd thank you in a sarcastic tone as if that means stop it. And, and I've seen Kirk do the same as well. And I'm a bit like, actually, in terms of TV production, it makes for a better story. It gives something to talk about. It gives reasons why people lost. It gives more fiery interviews, more fiery social media reactions. It gives interactions, clicks, what media is about. And part of me wonders if for too long it's been allowed to get to that situation because, as Barry Hearn will tell anybody, there's no such thing as bad press yeah if people are talking about your sport they're talking about your sport Barry couldn't be any happier if he's got columns of inches in the back of the Sunday papers yeah yeah I I agreed look that is that's Barry's motto 100% if they're talking about my sport then it's a good thing however not everything is good in this day and age Unfortunately not. Um, the, the big one for me, as Dobbs alluded to, is the social media. The fact that players are receiving these. We've we've seen it. We've seen it last year. I can't remember who it was in the live league getting some after a couple of poor performances. We've seen oh, it. Sort of it. Yeah, and it, it's just you know, I ain't I ain't ideal person to talk about betting. Someone who doesn't do it anymore. I've done it for many years, but. To react in that way, it's you putting that that money on to a bet. It's you who's doing that. You're not being forced by the, the individual or the team that you're supporting or betting on at that that time. So for, to react that way and hide behind a screen, to hide behind a, a, a dark profile, and to come out then and abuse someone or death threats to either the player or their friends and family can have a massive impact. I know we're talking about a, a different one with sort of Fallon, but it's people need to understand how, how much these social media attempts can have an impact on people's lives. They're not just players who go up and perform on stage once a week. They've also got family, friends, everyone to look after. Something needs to be done. It needs to be done very, very quickly because it happens way too often in every sport and we've seen it a lot, lot more in darts um, that it's becoming really, really bad. It needs to be done very, very quickly that we, we are having some sort of profile, having some sort of passport to set up some sort of an attempt so we know it is who's doing this because 
they need to be reported and found because they shouldn't be talking to players like that, players, officials, anyone else. If I see people after watching a Monday night show and somebody not agreeing with me, then the players can get all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. That, that's, that's ridiculous. We, we just sit here and chat nonsense for a couple of hours. When when you wake up to a couple of messages from that, and I'm just like, I'll, I'll shrug it off. Doesn't faze me. There's yeah, no but, issue with Yeah, but, I mean, and that's the and, thing. It's not. It's yeah. to us. It's it's not about disagreeing with us. We don't agree with each other half the time. Ninety percent of the time, we don't agree to each other. The chat room's there to to have that opinion. That's why it's an open chat room, and it's. As we always say, the the best chat room because of that. However, when it's yeah. abusing someone or giving their opinion or abusing someone for a player's performance, it's totally wrong. We talked about certain players not performing very well. We've spoke tonight about someone like Adrian Lewis dropping down and not performing. We've not then done and abused that player for it because he's trying his best to earn a living for his for his family. It's still not. It's just not the right thing to do. Whether you're on a social media platform, whether you're on a YouTube channel, we, you wouldn't do it if you've seen them in person because you'd have a completely different response. Certainly the amount that someone like Desi Price that. So for me, it's just completely out of order and a lot more needs to be done about it. Yeah. Um, someone asked about the live league this week as well. We return for phase two of the live league and group A looks like this. Conor Heenahan, Gary Blade, Tony Elsonas, Matthew Edgar, Jared Cole, Yella Klassen. Group B, James Richardson, Dan Reed, Paul Hogan. Group C, I'm excited. Justin Smith is back. He played exceptional last year. Aaron Beanie makes his debut. And Kurt Parry makes up this week. And there are some names to come in over the next few weeks. Let me tell you that. He loves to tease us on a Monday. I already have talked to some of them. <laughs> <laughs> one in particular. I, 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 can't believe, I genuinely can't believe one in particular. Week three, we have an international superstar. You're from Nottingham, ain't you, dog? It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford it. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, again... We'll open up the chat room as well, so get your questions in. Um, as always, um, have we missed anything else in a week of darts, boys? Because there's been that much going on. The on I always forget what week it is. Because so much happens. Was the announcement around the WDF and the players that were coming in this Correct. week? Correct, it was. Yeah, that again. That that, that also caused yeah, because if tonight's show hasn't been spicy enough, let's talk the Ukrainian invasion. Just. I'll just throw that in the mouth, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about players. Um, look, there are four absentees from the WDF World Cup. Um or I am look, I am led to believe from a, a very, very reliable source, um, one of the players' managers, that all of them were offered the opportunity to play under a neutral flag. I think the ones that actually live in Russia, getting here is an issue. Um, but I know Henry's in the chat room and he was obviously working at the weekend, but 
I, that was what I was told by one of the players' managers that they were offered the opportunity to play under a neutral flag. I can't imagine getting out of Russia, telling everybody you're going to play for Russia, and then arriving and actually not playing for Russia would go down very well. No. Um, but look, the one plus side. Also, the foot to the other players as well. The other players might not feel comfortable playing against those. It, it does all potentially open up a can of worms that it's probably the, the best decision for now following the other sports. It's not as if Dart is isolated in making that decision. It's followed what the rest of the sports are currently doing. Um, it, it, it has, but I'm also led to believe that Boris Koltsov will be, tr they're trying to get Boris over and he will, I think he's going to play in the under the PDC under a neutral flag. Because he wants to play. He's just getting them here in the first place. Um, and you know, it's the same in, in other sports. There are a lot of athletes and that playing in other sports on the neutral flags, aren't they? Yes. Well, so, there was. IOC had a decision and then changed their mind on that as well, which I thought might be a bit of an issue. When they first announced that they compete under a neutral flag, it was fine, but then they sort of Change their mind on that a bit, didn't they? What did they? Yeah. Because then we still had the Russian athlete with the Z on his chest on the podium with a Ukrainian athlete. Which didn't go down very well. Yeah. Um, but look, the huge plus point for the WDF, after what we just said about it, is, is the most marketable and the most famous player in darts will step foot on the lakeside stage. That can only be good for their tournament. Yeah. And I was a little bit disappointed when she wasn't playing to start with, but she's got the game. Yeah, but and I, I think... I, I, I get it. I know you was don't agree, so I don't want to get into that argument with just 15 minutes left of the show, but at the minute, that is where you are a women's world champion. And Alan still doesn't have that. Whether you, she doesn't I care. Don't want to get like, when, you, when you speak to her... She wants to play against the men and be a pro. And at the time, when Lakeside was in that spot, that was an issue for her. If, if, if you speak to Fallon, she that, wants that to play against the, the case, men but week in, week in out. In 30 years' time, when she's had the chance to call herself a world champion, if that opportunity passes her by for the next 30 years... I think that's something you might regret, especially somebody at the top of the game like she is. Because, yes, she will be looked back on as the first female player to win a game at the PDC World Championship. Just, just, just the moniker of being a world champion. Right. Bear, bear with me here and, and, and don't laugh. So we're going to go into it again. We do this every week. I know you don't agree with <laughs> that's where the WDF are. No, no, right. So... Right, Fallon Sherrick has got an unbelievable ceiling to her game. I think we can all agree to that, yeah? We've seen her get to a quarterfinal of a ranked PDC televised title at this young age. What happens, say she won, not the Worlds, but say she won another PDC title, TV one, in her career... And she sacrificed it and gave up the chance to be a world champion. 
I think, just my opinion, that winning any winning a televised PDC title would mean more than winning that, winning the Lakeside. Possibly, but at the minute, it's 25 grand and a chance to be a world champion in a year where she can't go and win a PDC major. Not yeah, really. But, but at the time... She might get three. Yeah, she can. She gets she a can. series of matches, world championship and grand yeah. slam through the women's series, right? And possibly world series. We expect her to be in New York as an absolute minimum. And, and we, we've seen her do bits there before, right? But Mesa just said it. A world title is missing off her resume. And in a year where yeah, she cannot yeah. compete in everything from PDC and work her way back up again, go and get that world title. Get it ticked off, yeah, and you're going to have to have a worry about it again. And I know you're saying she might treat one to the other, but... Because of the date clash, her ultimate goal is to play against the men week in, week out. And if if the dates hadn't have clashed to start with, she'd have played. It was the, it was the date clash with Q School. Nothing else. It was That was the issue. I think in terms of her marketing for PDC and whoever else as well, being able to refer to Fallon as a world champion pushes her reputation even further. I'm not sure it does. Let's be brutally honest. Let's you've got the world champion in anything in yeah. your ranks, it pushes you further. I don't, I don't Whether it's just a throw or to start an article going, the reigning with Fallon Jarrett does this, this, this. Next paragraph, the reigning women's world champion defeated whoever. Just being able to drop that in every article you write about Fallon for the next 12 months is massive. Just generally don't think the PDC care about anyone else, any other organisation. So, so if, if, so Phil, if she wins it, so I, I agree with you in the part of January. I think she made the right decision, and I said that back then she made the right decision. And also, now playing, I mentioned on social media the other day that I think it's great for all parties, minus the four players, but straight for the, the the four who were called up, straight for Fallon and WDF. However, you say that about the PDC. If Fallon then goes and wins. And it's a tough field, so I'm not saying she will win, but if she does and wins, when Fallon then plays potentially at the Grand Slam, the PDC will call her onto the stage as a world champion, surely? So oh, it does won't. mean something. They won't call her world champion. They will call her a lakeside champion. They will not give her a world title. They'll call her a lakeside champion. I, I need to watch back having because for the men, I completely understand, but the PDC do not have a comparable world female world championship. Correct. And there's a, that, that's a difference. For the men, I completely understand them going lakeside world champion. Lakeside champion. They do not want to acknowledge another world championship. For, for them and for pretty much everybody else in the world now, 10, 20 years ago, this debate was different. But for them and everybody else in the world right now, the PDC are the creme de la creme and their world champion is the one that counts. The women's game, there isn't a women's world champion in the PDC, and that might be slightly different. And plus, like you say, the fact that Lisa isn't at the lakeside either, not 
I'm listening to it back. John McDonald introduces Glenn as a three-time Lakeside champion. We know that bit, but Mace is saying he refers to him and he does ITV coverage, which is of a side. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I think you made one. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we do, but yeah. the PDC will never, my apologies, Mace, um, but they'll never think. And look, oh, I'm just being honest, at Lakeside, I think there's only one person that can stop Fallon. I agree. Exactly. And what a final that would be. And what, a, surely at that moment, are they in opposite halves? Yes. Yes, they are. So, Bowl, would not be a sight that Paula Jacqueline wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> people like Bowl, Maturu, Elaine de Graff, Dieter Edmund, Lorraine Wynn Stanley are all in the opposite, opposite half of the draw than Fallon. So, it's worked out quite well for Fallon in regards to her run to that. The, the players I've just named there have had a very good weekend, um, but she avoids all of those. The seeds on hers are Maria O'Brien, uh, Anter and Thirsty Hutchinson. So, once then, no no disrespect to any other players, but the the half of the draw is certainly the half she'd want to be in. Um, but I'm all for that. Well, I'm about Suzuki. I don't think we've seen enough of her playing competitively. Um, Tommy, by all accounts, or oh, a last check, not many. It's, I know, I know we will, uh, I know we'll preview it when it comes close to it, but the run from Mercurio to that to the final, starts then Laura Turner, then it would have Elaine, then would have Bow, potentially if it seeds. So it's a very, very tough run for uh, Suzuki, but yeah, certainly favours Fallon, the half of the draw that she's in. I've just looked now. Yeah, on 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 stage, she blitzes that bottom half. I don't see it. I don't see it not down to the final. Looking at that. No. No, I. I the agree. top half is. The top half is horrible. <laughs> Great for us, but horrible if you're in that and you look at the bottom half. Um, yeah, um, ticket sales are around 16%, I'm led to believe, if you look at the the, the stats. Um, players' Championship entry list will be out probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Daniel, I reckon. It normally is around then. Um, again, get your questions in, everyone. Um yeah, oh, look, Luke Linton looks absolutely top class, um, Henry. Just off, off topic, do we know, are there, it's going to sound real daft, but are there safeguarding precautions been put into place for Luke at Lakeside from a governing body point of view? Brilliant, so. I, I know this because I remember when a few years ago when the PDC there was talks of the BDO potentially going to give Leighton one of their spots the, um, Matt Porter was opening it and he was talking about it he said yeah, yeah, look, yes it's being talked about nothing's decided yet but because of their age 
there had to be separate practice rooms and everything like that for them You'd because of their age. A, a body to take that into account. All I'm saying is, at Lakeside, it's quite cramped out the back. There's lots of different rooms, though. There's only two big enough for a board, though, I think. And one of them is normally the media area, and the rest is... You might just have a hotel room somewhere. <laughs> I, you don't know, no one's staying in it, are they? No one's staying in it, are they? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, correct, well, Andrew. Is, 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 um, the, uh, he, 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 series. Yeah, um, Andrew, Leighton did, and we were there, and I'm just going to say it was a shambles because there was no segregation. But there should have been. Also, I've just forgiven Crystal Palace for 2014. Dark show, dog. It's a dark show. Because <laughs> you're having a stinker of a year. Phil's gone. We can do what we want. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've been able to beat him out, haven't More concerning is he's running the show. So how's he? He might have just broken his camera. He might still be able to hear us. Yeah, quite possibly. And then we'll be we'll be soon booted out. But we've a few minutes left. Just have a look, unless you've got anything, Dob. Any questions that are in the chat room? Um, I'm just starting up, so now we've done the ones recently. I'm just seeing if there's any earlier. Um, one thing to mention while I'm just looking through, Dob, is this weekend in Newbury. I know there's a question around names. Have we got an entry list or any names that are... I've not got an entry list yet. No, I will be there, confirmed this morning, uh, helping out with the team. Um, looking forward to it. I think Steve Cabman's in the chat room, or he certainly wants to start. I think you're going to be there as, as, a, as a one. That's a good place to start. Um, yeah, yeah, quite, a, quite a few uh, quite a few new tour card holders we've seen over the past few weeks and months on social media quite uh, vocal or visual with their cards that they've received so hopefully see some of them I know Hammer was one of them yeah, I, know, I know Alan Norris can't make it uh, he's away for this first one but he's hoping to be in Reading I know Andy Hamilton is another player that's that's recently signed up to be a tour card holder um, so hopefully we get to see the Hammer there uh, hopefully we get to see a few of the players that were at the Surface Tavern. Yeah, Steve says yes. Hopefully see you there then, buddy. I'll be there early Friday evening, actually, because I'll be getting a lift with Phil away from... Away from the Nottingham. Premier League on Nottingham, driving home, staying family house and then getting across from Oxford to Newbury in the afternoon at some point. Yeah, lots to talk about. Precautions, all good in that side. Will the World Seniors Masters be televised internationally? I believe so. Talks are still ongoing for all of that. There won't be a stream this weekend. I think there'll be one in Redden again for the qualifier, uh, but there isn't one at the Open Series as yet. Just a chance to get these events off the ground, but it should all be on Dark Connect all weekend for you guys. You can follow along. 
Phil and the team will be streaming the Pro Tours this weekend as well. Hi. They can keep you updated. And if I get a chance, a couple of minutes, a decent little spot, I might even jump onto the stream at times like we saw Phil roaming around in Minehead. I might do the same from Newbury to give you guys updates on what's going on in the venue. Can't lie, Lee. We've just had the best five minutes of live lounge ever. What's going on now? It wasn't right. here all the time. It was amazing. For some reason, for some reason, my camera just died. I can still hear everything. I just couldn't see anything. The benefit of everybody watching is the reason. No, I know Murph is in the chat room. Congratulations as well on the um, Lakeside gig. Of course. Very well deserved. I know that was meant yeah. to be your first TV gig. A little bit disappointed, but mate, you smashed the World Seniors. Uh, smashed the weekend as well. So, really, really excited for you. Yeah. All good. Um, last couple of questions then before we get off. Remember, the Live League returns tomorrow 9.30. Mace is in the hot seat. I'm going to sit down with him at some point this week as well. Which will be fun as always. Um, it's only a few weeks for the WF. Nineteen days until it starts. I thought it was a bit further away because I thought we had a bigger gap between the Open Series and the World Seniors Masters qualifiers. But that's only actually a three and a bit week gap. Yeah. Yeah, Mace, we've got plenty to talk about. We're getting, it's going to be another extended one. Can you do a five-minute uh, boxing chat before you start? Just fire it across to me. Yeah. I know your thoughts on Woods' victory, because that was unbelievable. What a watch. <laughs> oh, don't, don't get me started on boxing. There's been some absolute howlers recently. I thought another one was coming. I was like, hometown, Lee Wood's getting a decision here, and he's definitely behind. And it narrowed oh, a bit, and then he produced that. Take it out of the judge's hands. Yeah. Absolutely perfect way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't worry about judges. Bang. Have that. Um, of course, plenty going on. Premier League, and um, <laughs> they had Wood in front. Yeah, mad. They didn't, did they? Um, I've seen the cards. He, uh, so he was a point behind on two cards and two points behind on another. Well, I thought he was in front on one. I only glanced at it. That was all. I thought he needed a 10-9 for a draw between two and a 10-8 to win two and draw one. Might be wrong, man. No, yeah. Jard's um, got other priorities in his life and decided to take a break from darts, media, etc. He's staying at mine the next few weeks. In fact, they probably going to be here while we do a show? I don't think so. Well, one of his one of his priorities is being Marshall for tomorrow to take me to and from Manchester. So, uh, And to someone's point, he's too opinionated. He's too opinionated, but that's not why he left. He's still opinionated <laughs> now. That hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with opinions. Um, exactly. The fact we don't get two hours of Monday just means he blows up our WhatsApp even more. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blackpool booked. 
Um, Mace, are you doing Blackpool for the radio again? I know I can ask you tomorrow, but as you're in. <laughs> uh, all good. I tell you what, everyone, absolutely loved the show this evening. Um, will be available as a podcast for you to listen to. And I must admit, I've been quite good recently. I've been getting them out nice and early. Um, for those that can't listen, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Very good replacement in Boise. Don't tell him that. GJ, so. They both speak with the same dodgy accent, so it's like nobody's gone. <laughs> <Long star. laughs> well, there was talk as well. Let us know what you think. Next Thursday, driving home from the Premier League, Gob and I might do an Insta Live whilst we drive home. Next Thursday, Phil, it's three nights away, sir. This Thursday, even. I don't even know what day of the week it is. But, um, I also heard you're yeah, paying for lunch. I'll book the table, is, you pay for it. Company car. Is this... Well, there's um, only one who is this country, so I'll make the most of it. Just, <laughs> just to ask before, pe- before people say in the chat room, is this a uh, dart chat insta live or is it a tarpaul karaoke considering we have our very own james Thorne and lotta like that seems like it could fit in quite well <laughs> both. Both. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk some darting nonsense and we'll also butcher some classic songs as well i've seen your playlist, Let, let's be more specific give the people what they if, want it, However, if you are doing that, we need uh, Phil to return to the lockdown hair top that he had because that, that is required to do a bit of it, right? Everyone loved my, my curtains from the lockdown haircuts. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> oh. But everyone, you thank you very, very right. much for the time you've given us this week the live live league returns tomorrow we'll be back at the weekend for the pro tour stream premier league in between busy busy times here online darts and thank you very much for your continued support it means the world to us and we will see you all very very soon the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.